initially there's uh, there's there's most people think there's just two kinds of books paperback and hardcover um but actually there there exists a a third um uh, book format which exists exists in flux between the uh, the other two formats that can only be recognized if you tri- oh hello sorry i didn't realize we had company <laughs> hi i am alex i've josh i've forgotten how we start the podcast <laughs> do you want to take over you've just heard alex talking about a hypothetical physics phenomenon that has just been uncovered by the james webb telescope in a distant galaxy um and uh, he is of course good book boy number one i am josh good book boy number two and we have a honorary good book boy joining us uh on the episode today uh, honorary member, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, my name is Jason, and I'm an honorary book member. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, a book member. Not. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> turning up late doesn't bode well, but we'll we'll forgive that for now. Um, yeah, Josh, why did we get Jason aboard for this one? Well, we we got him aboard for this one because uh, we are reading or we have read and we're talking about Devil House by John Darnell. And this is the second book of John Darnell's that we've covered on the uh, podcast. And it is the third book that John Darnell has written. We skipped over the middle one. Um, Maybe we'll double back to it at some date. But uh, this book was gifted to you, Alex, good book boy number one, by our honorary member, Jason. Um, was it a, was it even a signed copy? It actually was. Um, so I believe he did a, and maybe Jason can correct me after I've done, he, he did a signed sort of a, a book reading, um, in Reddings, which I know he did with Wolf in White Van, the first novel of his that we have reviewed on this. And it's not, it's, it's signed with a sticker. So it's, uh, it's got sort of a customized Devil House John Darnell sticker, um, with his signature. And then Jason was in there. He's like, do you want to pick up one? And I said, yes. And he said, do you want the regular signature or the one with a little drawing of, of a little devil? And I thought, get me that one. So uh, that's what I've got. Um, good, good pickup by Jason. Um, Jason, uh, I guess, yeah. So to, to reiterate my, my thoughts on, on John Darnell's work, just before we continue, really liked Wolf in White Band, which we reviewed, reviewed on this. Didn't really like uh, Universal Harvester, his second one, which we haven't discussed on this, but I've read. Um, Jason, have you read those those previous two, and what did you think of them? So I I have read Wolf in White Van a couple of times, um, and I did I I, I really like that. I, I think it's it's hard it's hard to be a fan of John Darnell uh, and the Mountain Goats and not get something out of any of his books. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed Wolf in White Van. I haven't actually read Universal Harvester yet, nor have I read. He did like, so before he wrote Wolf in White Van, he actually wrote like a very, what would you call it? Novella, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for something called like 33 and one third, uh, it was about like Black Black Sabbath, Master of Reality. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to pick up a copy of that. It's quite hard to find, but I've not read that either. But so, so, so in summary, this is my second John Darnell book. That I've sure, read. sure. Yeah. Jo- joining, joining me, uh, uh, in that category as well. I've I've yeah. only read Wolf and White Van for the podcast and, and now Devil House um and, and didn't read uh the, the middle book either. So Alex, you are you are going to be the resident expert throughout this this episode. Now I do I did assume that you had read uh Devil House. Um potentially could have been an oversight on on my behalf, Jason, <laughs> but fortunately it sounds like you did indeed read it and didn't no, just no, I have I have read it. <laughs> 
Um, so who's uh, got a book in front of them? Who wants to cover off on the uh, I will. Uh, I will do you the honours. I will read you the blurb, gentlemen. Uh, Gage Chandler is descended from kings. That's what his mother always told him. Chandler is a true crime writer with one grisly success and movie adaption to his name, along with a series of subsequent lesser efforts that have paid the bills, but not much more. But now he is being offered the chance for his big break to move into the house, which locals call the Devil House, in which a briefly notorious pair of murders occurred, apparently the work of disaffected 1980s teens. He begins his research with diligence and enthusiasm, but soon the story leads him into a puzzle he never expected. His own work and what it means, the very core of what he does and who he is. Devil House is John Daniel's most ambitious work yet, a book that blurs the line between fact and fiction that combines daring formal experimentation with a spellbinding tale of crime, writing, memory, and artistic obsession. What, what, what did you boys think of the, of the blurb on the back? What was your first impression? I can't remember, but I'm just in, in hearing that again, it, it'll be, uh, I might come back to it when I'm talking m- more uh, deeply about my experience with the book, but um, hearing it again, it kind of, after reading it, it kind of actually does a good job of highlighting uh, what the book is actually about, which sounds like a dumb thing to say because that's what it's there uh-huh. to do. <laughs> but um, I seem to remember reading that that blurb and really and i guess this is also in conjunction with the cover art design and the name of the book Um, but i think somehow in reading this blurb in conjunction with those things i really latched on to the kind of true crime element Mm. but in hearing it back here it does actually uh kind of more broadly describe what the book is about in terms of focusing a little bit more on Gage Chandler. Um, and so in that instance, I actually, uh, or, or because of that, I actually think that it's a, it's a good, it's a good blurb and one that I, I sort of read through probably a little too hurriedly at the start. Um, but upon reflection, um, yeah, I, I don't find it. Do you have a particular uh, a point to raise by asking that question, Jason? No, I, I was just, I, I was I was just wondering more than anything. I think that it doesn't to me it doesn't present as though the blurb was written by John Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a very different different to how I would imagine he would describe the book, which m- maybe is good um, because John obviously has a tendency to sort of ramble on and go on these tangents. So. I do wonder. I do wonder if they have. <laughs> If they have like a inscribe or whatever, um, similar to how you know John Darnell wouldn't have done the cover art, um, mm. they they might have like an editor or someone who specialises in in kind of a, a succinct description of books that just slaps these things on the back. That might yeah. be a, I think, might be a product of the industry potentially. I think we've sort of touched on one of the one of the elements that's discussed within the book itself you know you have this character uh, Gage Chandler who is a true crime writer and there's a lot of sort of exploration about how you market those books how you make those books appealing to people the parts you leave out the parts you present to the audience I think there is something you know in a very meta way happening with with the blurb of of Devil House in that it it sets it sets itself up as perhaps a sort of almost as a piece of you know 
of true crime fiction itself. You know, this is a story of a guy who who moved into a house where there were these murders and then just started to discover some strange things, you know, sort of a very, I guess, generic uh, story in that sense. Uh, but particularly those lines about he begins his research with diligence and enthusiasm, but soon the story leads him into a puzzle he never expected, his own work and what it means, the very core of what he does and who he is. That is... I think the uh, emotional core of the story is that is that that conflict, but it, it's not maybe as a as a schlocky and um, you know melodramatic as maybe the the blurb is is making it seem. Absolutely. Now, when you when you both picked this up in the hand, um, it. I mean, I don't know what uh, what is it? Universal. What's the middle book called again? Universal Harvester. Universal Harvester. I'm not sure what the size of that was, but I know that Wolf same length in... as Wolf in White Van. Yeah. So this this is is significantly, well, maybe not significantly, but it's it's larger. You know, it runs to 402 or three pages or something. Yeah, something like that. How did you feel picking this up in the hand? Was it was it a daunting task? Um, perhaps I'll direct that at Alex. No. So look, it, it, to me, it's not about it's not about length. It's about it's about the story. Bong dong. Post-editing show Josh here. Just wanted to commend Alex as a recovering dirty joker for getting through this section without making any silly jokes. Good job, Alex. Um, it's about the story. If the story is is moving along, I don't, I don't care how long it takes. Um, and this is sort of sort of one of the things that that um, I found Universal Harvester was lacking, um, even though it was significantly shorter in length. It was quite, you know, quite deliberately, but not leading you down a natural conclusion. Mm. And I think there is a lot, a lot of elements of that within Devil House. Uh, but in terms of the length, and if I think it's it, it's uh, it, it's a negative, I, I think I think it's sort of a, a sufficient length to to draw you in. There are you know different stories and different sort of segments within the book, um, which is a quite an interesting feature of it, sort of exploring things from, from different perspectives, um, zoning in on these, these stories within the broader story, which is, you know, some of them I think are are quite successful. Some of them I think were, you know, um, completely superfluous and unnecessary, but it does draw you into, to a, the world that, that John Daniel is, is trying to create. So besides those, those few sections, um, that that I, I I don't understand the artistic choice behind. I think it was it was you know quite quite enjoyable, quite engaging, quite easy. Maybe not easy to read in the you know that it's light, but um it can, compelling enough to to keep going. What about you, Jason? Did you find yourself drawn in as you went along, or, or yeah? Yeah, I, I I mean I I'm a sucker for a book with like an interesting structure. I um I went to I I, I watched a virtual book launch of this um of this release. And, and one of the things that, that John talked about was the, the initial idea for this novel was literally built around structure. Mm. Um, and I mean, I, I'm not sure if this is something that you, you guys have sort of picked up, but um, I mean, the book, the book is in, you know, it's, it's in seven parts um, and he gives each of those parts, seven parts in themselves. And, and, and some of those, some of those seven parts of the seven parts also have seven sort of sub parts. And he sort of sets the whole thing up as a mirror. So first chapter being Chandler, then you go white, Witch, devil house. Uh, then you've got that weird, like uh, historic, like middle yeah. age <laughs> one in the very middle. And, and then, and then it goes in reverse. So 
Um, he, re- he really started off with this idea of like this symmetry of, of mirrors and, and this structure and sort of built the story up around it. And, and I think that the story does benefit from that. I think some people disagree, but um, yeah, I, 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 I liked it. I, was, I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, on the whole, I think, Josh. Yeah, I think um, that, you know, when sometimes when you go into a project with those kind of specific, um, uh, maybe limitations or, or goals in mind, it can, it can cause the resulting um, work to not stitch together as fluently as if you but maybe you know let let things flow a little more but i think in this case um it wasn't that disruptive so i you know i i was acutely aware that there was you know an interesting structure going on that we kind of jump around a little bit um we're not just kind of following one character through time in a in a kind of linear way but you know, I, I wasn't aware to the degree that you've just set out, Jason, that you know he had the seven sections in the seven sections in the seven sections, and it was all kind of, you know, supposed to be a meta mirror kind of thing. Um, and I didn't at any point feel like I needed to know that um, in order for the story to work. Which kind of what I'm trying to say is that it doesn't that kind of uh, underlayer maybe that's occurring. Uh, isn't getting in the way of the story itself. And I think I agree with you that it, it adds something to what's going on. My only, my only uh, potential criticism is um, I do feel like the back portion of the book and not necessarily the ending itself, but just the back portion and kind of the introduction of uh, the childhood friend character, which mm. may, may, upon re- you know reflection in you saying the whole mirror thing which may have been added to kind of facilitate that um that symmetry um did feel to me a little rushed and a little kind of uh put in at the very end um i mean it may it may feel like that for other reasons but i'm, I'm perhaps saying that um you know if he was trying to achieve that symmetry and kind of pulling back out on the on the back end of the story um that yeah that that sort of section um to me was where i felt most uh like it wasn't um paced like the rest rest of the novel um but on the whole yeah i found it really interesting um to go through that that sort of structure and and have it um be a little a little bit kind of all over the place well not all over the place but you know in different sections well, the benefit of the reader, I think, sorry to cut you off there, Jason, just, just to sort of explain the overall structure, most of it, most of it, the story does, um, sorry for the benefit of the listener, most of the story does take place from uh, uh, Gage Chandler's perspective and him moving into this house where they were at the side of these murders and a lot of it is him trying to recreate the sort of the scene of the crime, um, which is sort of his methodology to try and understand what happened um you know in the crime the crime scene which which helps him subsequently write his books but we do change perspectives um as you said and we do change um the narrator in several instances and we also get insight into things that maybe um it's it's unclear how much 
how much Gage would actually know about these things. We, mm. we, we get these little vignettes from different perspectives or zooming in on, on, on different characters, um, which, yeah, uh, can, be, can be quite disorientating or it can be quite, you know, engaging. It can draw you into the wider world of the book, as, as Josh was saying. Sorry, Jason, continue. Um, oh, I, I might actually bring up a different point. So uh, that, one of the things that did confuse me initially when I was reading this was it's, it was unclear whether, be, because it's a book about someone who's writing a book, right? And the name of the book that he's writing is the same as the, the book you're reading. So, so for me, it was unclear whether we were reading the book that was being written. Mm. yeah um but i don't i don't think that was the case in the end no um because you're right with the with the whole you know being unclear what he could and could not have known um i guess it sort of almost sets as it sets itself up as sort of almost like a little collage of different different perspectives different um people telling the story which actually fits quite well with his methods in that you know, Gage Chandler, who's who's writing the book, tries to draw from all these different different references and and construct an overall story. So um, there's an interesting bit of meta meta narrative going on there. I think. Yeah, it felt it it felt to me like all the sections where we were kind of in the perspective of the characters within devil house itself is mm. in the the actual structure the actual house itself um not the book it felt like those sections <laughs> were perhaps um from the book that gage was writing and then the mm. book that we're reading is kind of a blend of his process of writing the book as well as the book that he's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. writing um which is which is kind of fascinating how did you so, yeah i oh, know you go Sorry, Jason. Josh, continue I, I was going to say something something else that I, I didn't actually pick up when I was reading it ori originally, and I don't think this is a spoiler of any kind, but were you guys aware that in the final chapter, chapter seven, that's from the perspective of John Danielle meeting his childhood friend? Okay. Chan? Now that's what I, that's, see, this is where it gets, this is, <laughs> look, sometimes, in fact, all the time, when I'm reading something, I, I I am essentially a big dumb dumb. All right. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to have to second guess guess the author. I don't want anything to be left to chance. If there are twists or turns or anything, that's fine. Um, you know, you can lead me on, but then you need to explain what happens. So when we get to to this final chapter where the 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 <laughs> the um the, the gage chandler who we've been following for most of it is now a secretary character and we're viewing him through the eyes of you know another first person narrator who as you said jason seems to have a lot in common with john darnell based on this you know the autobiographical songs he's sung as part of his band the yeah. mountain goats but that's but that's not that's not volunteered he doesn't go out and say um, so I'm glad you brought this up. He doesn't go out and say, hey, my name's John Darnell. I'm going down and meeting my friend Gage Chandler. But he's mentioning all these things. I'm like, hang on, doesn't he, doesn't the author of this real world book say this in his other artistic project he has? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Can can we take that away that it is John Darnell? Because I'm sure I'm sure Josh didn't didn't pick up on that. Am I am I am I right in saying that, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. No idea. Well, and, and that the only reason I clicked was after, you know, he's talking about him and his friend Gage and he talks about getting that black and white TV and I had flashbacks to that. 
you know, a, a mountain goat song where he's talking about having a black and white TV in his bed. Like, you know what I mean? It's such like a, yeah. and that's only but because I mean, I've heard that song, you know? Yeah. And you're right. He's not offering it up, but. So that's what I mean. That can't be, that can't be, I guess, that can't be canon within the world of the book. Right. Because that, that can only be sort of a, I, I, I guess something for John himself as the author and maybe people who might pick up on those hints, but that that's not canonical within the world of the book he's making. And if, <laughs> if, 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 if you're, if you're, if you're listening to this and you don't understand what the hell we're talking about, you're starting to maybe get a gauge of some of my frustrations I had, I had with this book and the way in which some of these, these answers are not made obvious. As I said, I, I, I don't, I don't go in. I, I want, I want to stop thinking at the end of the book. Well, all I want to be thinking about is, Hmm, that was an interesting story or hmm, that was an interesting character. I don't want to be like, so wait, which part was real? Who actually did what? That's, that's too much for me. That's, that's not what I read books for. I wonder how, I guess uh, we'll say well to that, um, Jace. Were you satisfied with with this ending? And again, with, not with, without spoiling it, there is an ending that does, I guess, significantly reframe large amounts of the book that that the reader has just read. How did you how did you feel after after that ending, Jace? You, you could absolutely say that it it, it changes everything. Like I when 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 the penny dropped, I you know i did yeah i was shocked and it's it's funny because that that final chapter it almost happens too quickly this is what i was getting at before about the pace at the 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 back end of the story just doesn't quite also the rest of it i guess you know it's, it's hard talking about without going into specifics but but the thing that's happening happening you know, in, in the final chapter, like you can see why it would be paced quickly because, you know, it, it's trying to capture a certain type of emotion, a, a certain, you know, mind frame. Mm. Um, for me, it happened a little too quickly and I got to the end of the book and it feels like you've just been slapped in the face, you know, mm. because it's just, you've just like, you've not undermined everything. Well, you sort of have. In a way, yeah, you I have. Know. I, I didn't know how to feel about it. What's that? So what do you think, Josh? Well, when I finished the book, I felt the same as both of you. I felt I felt like it it just kind of like we had this nice paced uh, kind of slow build, interesting things happening. And then all of a sudden you kind of have the, the entire floor pulled out from beneath you and then the book's over. And it's kind of like, yes, very un, unsatisfying. But after having a week or so away from the book, and and kind of to digest it um i guess i've been able to reframe my thoughts about what the book was actually about and um i've kind of my frustration and disappointment was disappointment was from a expectation of uh being invested in this kind of true crime story of devil house and mm. the writing of that and the characters involved um, and, and wanting to like, yeah, just being invested with that story and then wanting to get a, res- uh, you know, an answer out of that. Mm. Um, when in reality, once you finish the book, you kind of see that the book is actually more about the process of writing books. Um, and it just happens to be that this particular 
kind of novel is about a novelist that writes true crime. Um, and so from that perspective, I think it's kind of interesting to see how is how how they kind of panned out the ending and and what that means about uh, what Gage Chandler has been going through uh, throughout the book and, and where his kind of headspace has ended up at and, and kind of um, that journey that he must have been on that happens off the page really. Um, and you have to kind of think through that uh, as a result of how the ending happens. Um, so I'm, I feel much more at peace about it now a week later than when I actually finished the book. I was very much in that very kind of like, what the heck frustrated sort of mindset, but yeah, now that I've had time to kind of digest the whole thing, I'm kind of feeling pretty good about, about the book on, you know, in, in totem. Yeah. Can one of you, very, very salient point, Josh. Um, and I think, I, I I, I think there's enough. Uh, yeah, I, I guess there's there's that old there's that old adage. It's about the journey, not the destination. And even if maybe things don't wrap up the way you expect them or want them to, you've still experienced like the real highs and lows mm. that that this this character does and these other characters. You know whether or you know how accurate those representations are. You know that's left to chance. But there are still a lot of really 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 you know true emotions they still they still happened um in a sense so you've still got those even if even if it doesn't resolve in the way it does but i do want to ask you what is the significance of and i I, i'm you know i just i just didn't get this again big dummy um what is um the significance of, of gage being descended from kings which is mentioned i believe early on and on the blurb but i don't i didn't see the through line of that of that um quite pointed uh mention throughout the throughout the course what would you make of that jason i think that I, I i mean obviously you've got the you know the central chapter in the book is uh what do they call it is it the tale of garbonian or something like that yeah something Along the medieval the one yeah yeah the medieval it, it, it's it's written in the old english in you the know, horrific font, font. yeah which which was fucking fun to read wasn't it <laughs> that, that font sucked <laughs> font was my um, main complaint about that it was hard yeah to it, was, it was an interesting um you kind of i don't know I, I you and me talked about this sort of um josh recently um when you were reading well you're reading david copperfield yeah and you sort of like after a while you do sort of fall into that world you fall into the vernacular yeah maybe it's a little harder with the font but uh or maybe it's easier because i'm with the font <laughs> but um yeah I, like it, it to john it was obviously a very central point in this book um i actually really enjoyed the parallel analogies while it was outside of that um medieval chapter um a good example is the castle doctrine. Um, but yeah, I, I know I, I've read a couple of reviews for this book and I know that's something a lot of people really struggle to see the significance of it. What, what was you guys' experience? I felt like it was more of a thematic thing. Um, you know, like the whole devil house, they kind of, it felt like they were making a bit of a castle Um type thing there was there was sort of i guess references um here and there but it certainly wasn't 
I don't think it was something that was kind of an overt player in the story necessarily. Um, like it would have been if, I don't know, he Gage found that the Devil House title dated back to the same land that his family, um, you know, came from with the cut, et cetera, something like that. But um, which I think is, is a more, I guess, traditional story arc that, you know, um, I think maybe from that blurb, you might certainly be led to expect. Sorry, continue, Josh. And I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's more of a, um, I wonder if it's more, something that is a way that Gage um, kind of interacts with his own identity and, and sort of works out who he is and what he's doing based on where his family's come from type thing. So it's more of a, it's more of a psychological uh, uh, element and less an actual kind of, I don't know, representation of the story or a mystical something that's working um somewhere in the story maybe it's just him kind of digesting that story from his family lineage um just being part of who he is and and that kind of maybe has a part to play on what his actions are and 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 what he's doing throughout the book so it kind of just sits as a bit of a backdrop well I, i guess that's sort of to do with like i guess my thought is almost there's there's this idea that the descended from kings thing, you know, there's the implication that you're destined for greatness, you know what I mean? You've got this royal blood. Mm. But the gauge in the story is like he's a little bit of a dropkick. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's, in what it, sense? He, well, he doesn't have he doesn't have the heightened ambition or anything, I, I wouldn't say. Yeah, like I, I mean it kind of talks it kind of talks about, you know, he had that he's had his one successful book which got you know, turned into a movie, um, but then and and he's had a couple of like little side ones. None of them really ever hit. Uh, this one, Devil House, he's been working on. I think I think it's it, it turns out to be a bit about fifteen years. He's working on this one book, and so, so something else that I saw someone commenting on um, in in the parts of the book that are supposed to be Gage's writing, they make an mm. example that he reuses a lot of ideas so 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 there's a point where i think when he's talking to you know so, someone's talking to um someone's mother on the phone and there's a there's a pot of stew boiling on the stove he uses that example sort of three times which a, a, according to this reviewer was an indication that that gage isn't actually all that good of a writer you know he is always kind of going on about these all these workshops he does but yeah, I, I sorry, that, I, that's a bit of a ramble, but <laughs> no, I, I, I see what you mean. I wonder if that like descended from King's thing is some kind of like coping mechanism or something that he feels he's supposed to live up to, but um, ultimately, doesn't. yeah, look, that's that's a good suggestion, Jason. That's certainly possible. And as you said, there are sort of you know, the this talk of castles and you know, um, chivalry certainly plays you know, li- links into that. It just it it. I, I, I just feel like, again, if the three of us can't work out exactly what the purpose was, um, that's an indication to me that it's not something that it's not a, a theme that should have been included. Um, you know, if it's not 
it's not tangible enough for me to, to to you know consider that a an intelligent inclusion in the in the story and again maybe it's something i'm just completely missing but it was it, it, it was just odd it was just odd to me Dunnell does seem i mean i don't know i haven't really listened to his kind of music side of things but he does seem based on wolf and white fan in this book and i guess from the slight things i picked up from the both of you about the music side he does seem like he's a little bit obtuse um so it doesn't uh completely surprise me that there's elements that are present that that perhaps are kind of fringe to any real purpose i think he's definitely someone who doesn't who who wants who who part of the process of enjoying his art is the interpretation of it he doesn't mm. want to give you to give you everything exactly um he yeah. considers your interpretation as as part of as part of what it is which is fine for some people but i i've i've got work in the morning you know i need to i need to <laughs> sort of i need to sort of work out what it is but one thing i do i do love and this is probably my favorite i guess the thing i really did enjoy and it was certainly a theme that was present in in wolf in white van and in a lot of his music as well is this idea of creating imagined worlds as sort of like a sanctuary for yourself yeah. um you know i thought that was that was my favorite part of of um wolf in white van was you know character recovering from this horrible accident and creating this this landscape within his mind and then you know um inviting other people into that and then with this you get these these people who are the, these kids who are sheltering from you know various various um i don't know dangers in their life various things that that, that are persecuting them or making them feel unsafe and this idea of creating like a a, a fortress creating a a castle um both in the physical sense and also forging you know, the idea that this is this is your this is your home this is where you're safe this is your place and it belongs to you i found that the the most enjoyable aspect of it um and i don't and again i while while the ending may cause me to you know rethink you know exactly what that meant i, I you still have those moments you, you know regardless of the ending you still have those really really nice moments um really interesting moments i like that even the ending though is another example of that like um without trying to spoil anything yeah con constructing like a sort of fantasy world right mm. to cope, mm, with, yeah. to cope yeah. with reality to cope um, with the reality yeah so it really does exist in that way on on so many different levels um yeah no i i, I definitely agree alex that's that's definitely somewhere where a lot of his work does really does really excel so before we before we kind of do last thoughts and star ratings um how did you find just the the writing and um character in general maybe jason if you want to start uh i i really enjoyed it um as i said before like i'm a sucker for interesting structures um and i think i really enjoyed the shifting in perspectives the different narrative styles um i think this is probably the best second person writing that i've read maybe ever like it's, it's not very you know it's not very often you come across books that are written in second person but um i think john does it really really well in this in in, in sort of the second chapter and he does sort of a quasi second person in in what is it, the sixth chapter but um yeah no I, I i loved the writing i i really 
I think this is, uh, and this may be spoiling my upcoming final thoughts, but I think this is one of my favorite books that we've done on the podcast. Um, mm. I really enjoyed uh, John's, and I was I was quite. I was quite uh, middle of the road on Wolf and White Van. Like it was all right, um, but it didn't it didn't particularly do too much for me. But I really enjoyed this. I thought the writing. Uh, I think I'll I'll mirror mirror your comments, Jason. The writing was really good. The second person was really interesting. I really loved the characters in this. Um, I like immediately fell in love with the White Witch and was like mm-hmm. very invested with what was going on in that whole, that whole storyline. Vignette. Um, and yeah, I just thought that um, it, you know, I was, I was reading this every chance I got, which doesn't often happen for me with books because I just have so many different things that I need to be doing it and, and quite busy all the time. But I, I really tried to get through this as, as quickly as I could because um, I was enjoying it so much. So yeah, I was, I was very impressed with this, this third entry by, um, by John Darnell. Well, I will, uh, I will give my thoughts and my star rating and then we'll, we'll, we'll go and give our, our star ratings and our, our final thoughts as well. Um, I, I thought it was, yeah, as you said, you know, longer than his previous books, you know, a bit, a bit, a bit lengthy, but it rarely felt, like a chore to read it was very very easy to get through not not, again not easy in the sense that nothing happens easy in the sense that you wanted to keep going now the one yeah and that's despite the sort of changing perspectives and focus on different characters um it was still still all very engaging the only um exception to that is the um you know old english medieval chapter now like people may say well that's integral to the you know to the plot or that's you know that's an important part and ah the fact that you're struggling to read it is actually uh you know meant to be representative of how you have to you know fight your way through you know to, to these quests to get you your goal that's that's all well and good but it, you know I'm, I'm looking at these this old english passage with this hard to read font and i'm just like i i can't wait for this section to end which i don't think is at the end of the day, that's not what you should be thinking when you read a book. So that was the only sort of drawback, um, regardless of how, you know, important it may or may not have been to the, to the overall structure of the book. But yeah, very, very easy to read. The only, uh, you know, it probably would have been a four. Um, it, it's it's that ending and John Darnell's refusal to give you, I guess, a more concrete Hollywood typical, not even Hollywood, but like a to give you a typical ending. His resistance in giving you that um is is fine for some people who who want to spend you know the rest of the week pondering it i don't really want that so that probably stopped it from being four out of five i'm going to give it a three out of five stars jace uh yeah i i think i'm i i'm solidly a four if not four and a half i really i really did enjoy this book um and like i i mean this is sort of what josh was saying earlier but it's something that sort of did stick with me long after reading it um and not just not just the events of what happened but sort of the feeling it, it conjures up um yeah i'll often read a book and and when i'm done it's sort of it's gone but but yeah this was one that stuck around so that's always nice yeah i um i think when i initially finished it um i was probably feeling a, a three and a half but over the last week as i was saying earlier um I, it's kind of really grown on me and I've kind of managed to 
uh, shift where my expectations were and I've come to appreciate the the novel a bit more so it's bumped it up a star I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with it being around a four and a half wonderful well let's uh briefly go around and just say what else we're reading at the moment uh JC what do you got on the uh, on the nightstand um I, I've I've been dipping a little bit more into um Hunter S Thompson again I was a big fan of HST in high school and um I recently rewatched the uh Gonzo documentary so I've uh picked up uh the great shark hunt so I've been going through that which has been fun uh, what have I been reading? I I read um, so since the last podcast I finished David Copperfield, um, which I quite enjoyed. I've read A Hundred Years of Solitude by um, is it Gabriel Marquez. Um, yeah, and I am currently reading Giovanni Boccaccio's The Decameron, um, which I'm finding very interesting, uh, especially given. The fact that we are kind of in time in a similar point that uh, Giovanni uh, placed his characters in that in that story. So um, why are they are they getting banned from Facebook for hate speech as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no more more so the Black Plague was occurring uh, in Florence uh, in the background, and this is this is sort of uh, a novel about uh, a group of people kind of escaping from that a little bit um, and telling stories essentially. Um, for for 500 odd pages but um i'm quite enjoying it yeah i hope they actually made the black plague in a in a lab but uh you know it doesn't matter um uh i'm currently i've just finished reading um uh kill for collingwood which is a uh a history of the collingwood football club uh quite a bit different to devil house um actually like really like a real high degree of, of scholarly research went into that um, which is not something you often see with with books about football. It's often very like pop, you know, widespread readability for people who maybe you know aren't that interested in reading reading anything else. This was really like almost almost dense, you know, the level of research this guy um, this guy went into. So I highly recommend it if you're if you're listening to this and you're a fan of the Collingwood Football Club. Um, also, just finished reading the Kojima Code which is um, a book about Hideo Kojima, the, um, the auteur and visionary behind the Metal Gear series. And um, particularly uh, his, his intentions around Metal Gear Solid 2 and the ways in which he deliberately sought to subvert um, expectations about what, what that sequel would be and in many ways deliberately mislead the player. Um, so we get, and, and again, similar to, to Devil House, how much of this, how much of this misdirection is, is deliberate and how much is it, is it just, you know, doing something wrong? So very, very fascinating because I do, I do really love the, uh, the Metal Gear series and I find Metal Gear Solid 2, particularly that the intention behind it, very, very interesting. So that's what I've just finished reading. Um, so before we get onto plugs, Joshi. Have yeah, you... look, I we normally at this section uh, discuss what we're reading next, but I 100% have had not had a chance to uh, decide what we're what we're going to read next. So unless Jason has a suggestion that he's uh, just absolutely willing to force upon Alex and myself to read, we may have to uh, find a surprise 
uh, book, uh, well, from the perspective of any listeners, a surprise for next episode. Have you guys read Don DeLillo? No. I haven't. Okay, you should read Running Dog. I think you'd both really like it. I'm happy to take that suggestion, Alex. Yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, I'm happy to take Running Dog as a I suggestion. Think, I think that works well with our honorary member. There's uh, better not be another one about some fucking guy driving to Las Vegas and taking all the drugs in the world. All right. Have a, have a quick read of the synopsis. You'll like it. Trust me. No, no, we, 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 we're committed. We're committed now. All right. All right. With that, Joshy, where can we find you? You can find me at hot cup of jazz. I wonder what I do there. Um, please come and join me uh, for some awesome music suggestions and uh, fun kind of music related content and posts. Um, you can also find me every Thursday night uh 7 p.m until 9 p.m uh, at rwpplus.com.au uh, i do a jazz show for two hours every thursday night there um, so if you're interested in music at all come along and uh see what might take your fancy i'll tell you what you you cut this guy and he bleeds jazz <laughs> it's true you should put that on your website i won't be offended if you don't but it's not a bad idea um it's free as well um you can find me alex uh, at uh, Lateracher underscore. I hate having to say underscore at the end, but someone took Lateracher. So that's on Instagram at L A T E R A T U R E underscore. And you can see the books I'm reading and the movies I'm watching. Also, if you're interested in Tintin, you can follow my Tintin podcast on Instagram at Tintin.podcast. Got the uh, got the the URL for that one. And um, yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll that'll do me for the plugs. Jace, do you want to remain anonymous? You can if you want. We can cut this part out if you if you're not interested in in spruiking yourself. Well, I mean, I was going to give you my Uber invite code. Uh, they got a promotion on it. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Jace dot I don't upload a lot, but I got some books and mini reviews up there, so. They are worth checking out if you if you're uh, if you're on the Instagrams, uh, I think, and you like books, go and check out Jace's Instagram. Well, that brings us Great. to the end of another Good Book Boys episode. Um, truly plural today with uh, mm. Jason and Alex and myself. Um, as we always say um, when we're heading out here, we'll talk to you next time on Good Book Boys. But uh, if you've got a book, take it off the hook. <laughs> See you next time. Bye now. Goodbye.